Good morning. Just open a word of prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today. We just, I just pray now that you would speak through me, Lord. Use the words you'd have me use to deliver this, this message about you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so, as usual, I was praying for a topic for a few days. And then my neighbor's son came over. I had helped his dad with some woodworking over the years. And he had a project. He needed some help with some tools he didn't have. And we did it together. He liked it. He never used a router before. And he really enjoyed working with his hands. And it's, it's satisfying. I've been doing woodworking for years. When you make something from scratch or from raw materials, it's very satisfying. Especially when you use a tool like a hand plane or a chisel, mallet. It's quiet, and you're just with the wood, and it, it's just fun working with it. And it made me think of the hands of Jesus when I was doing that. And I know many of you work with your hands and do beautiful work. I'm not trying to leave anybody out, but I know there's sewers in here. There's one over there. You, people do decorations. Somebody's making guitars from scratch. There's puppet makers, and Sonia's team and Alan's team are aptly called beautifully the Heavenly Hands. What a great name for the puppet team. There's contractors, musicians, cooks and servers, landscapers, programmers, just to name a few. And I know somebody that writes all those beautiful birthday cards that you get every year. (laughs) And we see their work around the church and at the Harvest Fest and at the picnics. And it's beautiful. And we we know from Scripture that Jesus was a craftsman. They said, we know he was a carpenter. And some of you may have seen uh, my boss as a Jewish carpenter sticker, bumper sticker. And they say he may also have worked with limestone. And of course, he used all hand tools. He probably had real strong hands working with those tools all day. Probably had calloused hands and he didn't have the luxury of going to Lowe's getting four-sided, perfectly surface wood, you would have to do all that planing and smoothing by hand. And it's very tiring, too. And I want to talk about those hands today. It's titled, The Hands of Jesus. He was God as a man, so he went through the same things that we do. He probably had cuts on his hand, wood chips, blisters, pains, soreness, and he probably got fatigued. But today, Jesus being God, I'm going to look at six or or so ways Jesus used his hands in ways that you and I are unable. I want to show you the different ways he used them to accomplish different tasks and to demonstrate his power. And the first one is in Matthew 8, 2 and 3, very familiar a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Reaching out his hand, Jesus touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. 
So right off the bat, we see Jesus' compassion in healing this man. With his easily transmitted leprosy, people would flee from him. Nobody would touch him, but Jesus touched him. He knew the man had faith. He was genuine, respectful, and he believed that Jesus could heal him. He, Jesus could have healed him, ooh, disgusting, without touching him. But he was not worried about getting dirty or infected or anything like that. He went down on his level. He made it personable, personal, and he reached out his hand and touched him. He was healed immediately. And unlike today, where if I would touch anything, somebody hands me a wet one or a piece of paper or sprays my hand or wash your hand. Did you wash your hands? Uh, but he wasn't worried about getting dirty because he touches the unclean like us to make us clean. And this is my first point. Jesus is alive and well today, willing to reach out with his hand and touch and save anyone where they are and forgive them of their sins, wherever they might be. Regardless of our past, he came to save sinners. His hands are not too short to save. The next example is in Matthew 19, 13 to 15. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Here Jesus shows his love for the children. He said, heaven belongs to the young children, but many young children and even children today, as we know, are living very short lives, but they're in heaven because they have not reached the age of accountability to make that decision, to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. So heaven is for children as well as the redeemed, and they are there today. And by placing his hands on the children and praying for them, it encourages all of us to teach our children, unlike the disciples who said, no, get away from them, get away from them. You know, he's too important. Don't bother Jesus with that. But Jesus said, you know, let the children come to me, just as children can continue to come to him today. And we should always pray for our children. As the song says that they sing upstairs, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. And at that age, they pick up things super fast. Sung shared today, I mean, doing one of his kids' homework was tough. I looked at Sydney and Ethan's work, and I, I can't do it. I mean, it's, it's tough. They pick it up like sponges. And as this, as this verse says, he went on from there. We don't know where he went, but we see and read that everywhere he went, he healed the sick, <clears throat> he raised the dead, he prayed for people, blessed people, always putting the needs of others before himself. He can be the, he's the opposite of we can be. He is selfless and we can be selfish. 
We don't read about Jesus going anywhere, doing something for himself, as always for others. So we have him touching somebody the first time, second time he blesses the kids, puts his hand on them. And we have a story of another faithful man here in Matthew, various verses of Matthew 9, starting in 18. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. When Jesus entered the synagogue's leader's house, he saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes. He said, go away. This girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. Can you imagine that? After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread through all that region. And this is not the first time that Jesus had these hinderers, as Adel talked about one time, mockers, hinderers. He put them out. They had no interest in him believing him or had no faith in him. They laughed at him. I don't think they're laughing today. What do you think they said when they saw the girl walking outside? And news of this spread like wildfire. The synagogue leader might have heard that Jesus was healing others by touching them. It's unknown, but he had strong faith that Jesus could bring his daughter back to life by touching her, and he was right. Just taking her by the hand, she came to life. In the same way, Jesus Peter's mother-in-law, she was sick with a fever. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. So she stayed in bed for two days to recuperate. No, she got up immediately and began to wait on him and serve him. All these instances, people get right up when Jesus heals them. They're perfectly healthy. There's no rehab, no rehabilitation, uh, no special exercises. They all got up and were able to walk, speak, and everything. And they began teaching and serving teaches us to get up and not linger. Get up and go. This time, Jesus uses his hands in righteous anger. In Mark eleven fifteen and 17, on reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. And as he taught them, he said, it is, not, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. He used those same righteous hands, not for healing this time, but he flipped over the money lenders' tables and the sell, they were selling doves to sacrifice, to make these 
very inexpensive does so the poor people could make a sacrifice. They were doing that for their own financial gain. And the high priest and his crew was in there as well. He was taking an uh, entrance fee so they could work in the temple for their own financial gain. And you know, Jesus does not tolerate sin or the desecration of his house. This also fulfilled prophecy. Jesus, he knows the scriptures. He quoted from the book of Jeremiah hundreds of years before, where it says, Has this house, which bears my name, become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. So he won't tolerate sin. Sin in his temple, that was just desecration of his temple. And he was showing his righteous anger there. That's another use of his hands. This one here we're very familiar with in Matthew 14, beginning in 27. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down and went out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Ye, you have little faith, he said. Why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Here we have an example of Jesus completely saving Peter from probably death. He reached out and pulled him into the boat. And when Peter said, let me come to you on the water. Peter got down into the boat, walked in the Peter asked for help, and immediately Jesus helped him. Jesus, when we seek him, seek his help, he immediately helps us. He reached out and caught him, and he said, Ye of little faith, why do you doubt? And Peter, Peter had seen his, and been through quite a few of Jesus' miracles, but like us, he still has doubt and unbelief at times. His hands saved Peter from drowning. Jesus pulled him to safety. Again, today, his hands are reaching out for all of us. Anybody who's lost, sinking, any unbelievers, anyone who reaches out to him. Whatever we're facing, think about those hands, the hands of Jesus. And remember what he said, take courage, it is I, whatever we're going through. And he could calm the storms in our life, just like he calmed this storm in the storm that the disciples, was, they thought they were going to die. And he calmed the, storms in their, calmed the storms in their life. There's a little song that says what this passage preaches. <clears throat> Put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the water. Put your hand in the hand of the man who called, calmed the sea. Put your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. And that's true. Whatever we're going through today, he's reaching out to us, and we're never to leave him. Another tactic in, in Mark 7, some people more 
helpers and believers, some people brought a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hands on him. People that bring other people to Jesus are helpers and builders. We can do that in our daily walk. We can plant a seed and bring him to church if we can, and we're helpers and builders And when we bring somebody into this place or tell them about Jesus. They, know, they knew the only one who could, who could cure this person and save him was Christ. Either these people had seen Jesus perform miracles or heard about them, because it was mainly word about in those days. There was no electronic communication, of course. And the method he used to heal them is in Mark 7, 33. Again, this is what he did before. And he took him aside away from the crowd, and Jesus put his fingers into the man's ear. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh and said to him, Ephrata, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened and his tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. This left no doubt for any onlookers by Jesus putting his hands into this man's ears, it demonstrated that he, he was responsible for healings this man's ears. And in this case, Jesus looked to the Father when he said that, Ephrata, showing that his power came from the Heavenly Father above. And he could speak, speak plainly. You imagine today if somebody couldn't speak and somehow they made a move, a procedure, and he could, this would probably, year, years of therapy, or just to teach him how to speak again. Sometimes it takes forever to get the, your senses back and your motor skills back after an injury. But no, this man could speak plainly, which is another miracle. Bill Gaither wrote about this, a song we all can relate to. Anybody that's redeemed, have been through this. He says, shackled by a heavy burden beneath the load of guilt and shame, then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. It's fantastic. It's a blessing that we can say this. If you can remember your past, and the more you think about your past, the dirtier it seems. When you're doing it and you're in your past, it's a, day, a way of life. But when you see what... Christ died for and you're healed and redeemed. You hate your past, but it's the past, and he died for those sins. He changes our lives when he touches us. We're not the same. This is my second point. We have a whole new priority in life, and that is Jesus Christ. Previously, our priority was ourselves. And Bill Gaither continues to write, Since I've met this blessed Savior... Since he's cleansed me and made me whole, isn't that truth? It takes him to touch us to make us whole. Everybody without Jesus is not whole. There's a void. That's why we're always looking to, to fill it up, do something. What are you going to do tonight? Or we're constantly thinking ourselves to be occupied. 
Without Jesus, we are not whole. No matter how popular somebody is, how beautiful, how wealthy, how many Instagram or TikTok followers they have, they're all empty without Jesus. And it's a void that can only be filled by him. And there's other examples about the hands of Jesus. Remember the Pharisees, they had a perfect trap. They knew the law. That's all they were into was the law. And he said, we got this adulterer here. We're going to trap him. There's no way Jesus can get out of this one. The law demanded that she be stoned. But Jesus humbled them and put them in their place. He used his hands, those precious hands, and he put his finger into the sand and he drew something. I don't know what, but it must have had some kind of impact on him. But he said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And one by one, they turned around with their tail between the legs and left, totally defeated. They couldn't trap Jesus. He also took those hands and broke five loaves of bread and two fish and fed 5,000 people to the brim, and they had plenty left over. What wonderful hands. His hands are powerful, righteous, and are always doing good and doing the will of the Father. And they're reaching out today. Again, his arm is not too short to save. His hands are clearly the place to be. And if we're in his hands, there's wars raging now, as we know, and there's threats. There's a United States threat worldwide for United States people. There are not too many worldwide threats, but they came out with that. If we're in his hands today, we are safe and secure for eternity. He will never lose us, and he remembers and knows all who are in his hands. As it says in Isaiah 49, 16, See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. This poet wrote, My name from the palms of his hands, eternity will not erase. Pressed on his heart, it remains in marks of indelible grace. If we're, on, if we're inscribed on his hands, he's not going to forget us. We're there for eternity. Sung said today, you're either, you're on one side or the other. You're in darkness or in light. If we're not, same thing applies to the palms of his hand. If we're not in the palms of his hand, we're in the palms of his adversary. There's only two places that you can be. There's no third party, no alternate way to anything. One or the other, you're going to be on Christ's hands or the adversary's hands. And, it's, and on those hands remain the horrible scars from the nails closer to spikes that were driven through his hands into the cross. It's true what Sung sang today. It's still the cross. It's still the blood. The name of Jesus. That holds true for eternity, when he sacrificed himself for all sinners. <clears throat> Same hands, just the night before, broke the bread, passed it to the disciples, the cup, 
pass the bowl and the cup. And we remember that as it says on that stand below us. We do this in remembrance of me. We will do that until he comes again. And praise God, Jesus rose again just as he said he would. And those scars are still there today. He could he could heal them. He's God. But he has those today. And he used them after the fact when Thomas came up to him. And uh, he said to Thomas, Thomas did not believe he wasn't sold. He had to see him in person. Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger in here, right in here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and believe. The scars are still there. We'll see them scars someday. In Luke this is my last one. Luke 24, with his hands used again in a blessed way. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. What a beautiful and encouraging verse. We know he's alive and he reigns today. He briefly was put in a tomb where he rose again from there. And when we dwell and think about Jesus, he lifts us up in the same fashion. When, we, when our mind is on him. You know, there was a, uh, there's a church in Germany in World War II, this town called Strasbourg. It was totally destroyed by the bombs, except for a statue of Jesus was inside the church and the statue survived except the statue was missing its hands. So when they rebuilt the church, a famous sculptor offered to make new hands. But after the members thought about it, they said, decided to leave it the way it was. He said, without hands, Christ has no hands, but our hands to do his work on earth. So they left it as it is, and that's true. I I counted this morning, there's roughly 80 people here today and probably another 20, so 20 youngsters upstairs. So that's 160 hands that we have. So what are we doing with those 160 hands? Are we using our hands for him as much as possible? And we know we have certain things we have to do but are, is our discretionary time used for the Lord or is it used for ourselves? So let's keep our hands working for him. And of course, uh, some people are um, very aged or can't do motor skills, can't do much with their hands, but that's not a mat- it doesn't matter because one of the most important things the word says for us to do is put our hands together and pray. And anybody can do that. Or we can lend a helping hand, you know, to somebody who is going through a surgery or a tough time, lend a hand, helping hand to a brother or sister, or just a simple phone call, another way of encouragement. 
So and just in closing, let's have all hands on deck for Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your precious hands, Lord, that bless us, they lead us, they teach us, and they save us. We thank you for this word. We pray for safe trip home. We pray for our country, Lord, and we pray for your will to be done in all these situations we are going through now. In Jesus' name, amen.